although I was achieving different things and climbing up the social ladder or whatever you want to call it, right? It was the same thing. And no matter what goal I achieved, I would have felt, felt the same way and end up in the same place in my, within myself. Like I wouldn't, like it wouldn't bring me any more joy or anything like that. So I was like, well, I started to ask myself different questions, right? I was like, what else is there? What else could I actually tap into and start looking into and explore as a means for me to feel fulfill, fulfillment and find some greater sense of contentment and satisfaction in this life? Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and today on the show, I have Martin Christoph. Martin, how are you doing today? Wonderful, wonderful. It's a great honor to be your guest and connect with you, Nick, and uh, I look forward to uh, adding value and inspiring everybody who's taken the, their time to listen to our conversation and uh, hopefully put into practice what I have to share. I appreciate that. In fact, I'm glad that you said that instead of like, look, this is going to be a total waste. If you're listening to this episode, just hang it up right now. Just go away. Um, I, I know that everybody has the intentions right up front to be able to be a good, uh, a good interviewer or a good guest on a show. But one of the things that I'm really excited for you and I to be able to get into is your your overall path you've gone through and what you've gone through to become who you are today and to be able to figure out what that all looks like and how people can relate to that or what they can use from your story. Uh, so Martin, I'm, I'm excited for us to be able to get into it. So why don't you get us started? Tell us what you do for a living and uh, one thing that most people don't know about you that's maybe a little odd or bizarre. Well, what I do for a living, the simplest way to describe it is I help middle-aged men who are sick and tired of chasing freedom, vitality, and overall well-being to establish a permanent state of fulfillment, vitality, and peace of mind without having to achieve or get anything more, but by activating their untapped secret potential. That's the simplest way to describe it, but I can put some labels that are maybe more familiar to people. I'm a coach, a speaker, an author working on my first uh, Magnus Open, so to speak, book and uh, doing a lot of other things. I'm also an entrepreneur. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a ex uh, startup founder. I've done a lot of things. So my journey has been very diverse. I've walked a lot of paths, wore a lot of hats and, you know, have a big story to tell, so to speak. I don't think we're going to have enough time to get into the nitty gritty <laughs> of everything because each and every one of those rabbit hole, holes I've followed throughout my life so far, you know, they have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, juicy parts about them. So each one is kind of like deserves its own kind of like time and attention, so to speak. Perfect. And I'm sure we'll get into some of that. Um, oftentimes when I have people that are on the show where it's like, man, we could have just an entire episode specifically about that or being able to get deep into certain things. And I know there are pieces to what you do, but one of the big reasons why I was excited for you to be on the show is to be able to talk about not only the work that you do with men, but being able to help men get through 
the tough shit that they're going through and figuring out where that came from, what they can do with it and how they can move forward. Before we get there though, I need you to answer that question, man. What's that weird thing about you or the thing that most people don't know about uh, you that's odd or bizarre? Yeah, well, honestly, if I have to be honest with you, if you're to like the, the way to put it is like, I'm probably the most weird person <laughs> you can ever come across in the Western world because I would uh, just started dating, uh, uh, a lady and she's been spending time with me and the more she spends time around me and gets to know me and stuff it's like you're like the craziest person i ever met in a good way because everything i do is what i would define as extraordinary you know i don't take the shortcuts i don't sell my short self short on my greatness because all my life up to this point especially the last five years with very very intense intention and direction has been dedicated to exploring the furthest boundaries of human potential, really tapping into it. And to do this, you have to be willing to walk a path that is uncomfortable, that takes you to places that you don't like to stay at first. Because everything we do that it's new, that's stretching us, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, and all these dimensions, is bound to, to feel uncomfortable. So everything I do, I mean, just from the simplest thing that yesterday, for example, I just broke my, uh, what I call monthly three-day water fast. And she was very surprised because I invited her over for dinner and we, I made some food, but that was my first meal in three days. And so she was like, how, how the hell do you do that, right? And I do this on a monthly basis. It's not something, you know, that it's very special. It's just part of my monthly routine in order to heal and repair and kind of like renovate my cells. And there's a lot of benefits. We can go into more details what the positive benefits of fasting are but point being that would be something really weird because you, you never know if this person walking down the street next to you haven't eaten for for days and he has more energy than most people that you know eaten three meals today and slept and blah 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 but that's something weird right <laughs> that can be uh considered a little odd yeah definitely uh it is interesting i i've done fast before uh I've never gotten to three days. I've gotten to two days before. And I remember telling myself that I, I'd done it a few different times. I think it was three times that I'd done something like that. And the first time it was rough, really rough. And by the second and third time I did it, I remember having more energy and being more alive than I had been over the first day, day and a half and being weirded out by it. Like we're supposed to eat food to keep energy and keep us going. But I know that the body can actually last. I don't know what the exact day amount is. I think it's like 20, 30 days. You, you can probably tell me, but without actually eating food, but you need to have water in your system and you need to do that. But to be able to go through it can be an odd thing for people, but it, it is really a strange thing when you think about how many people eat foods that are inflammatory and really just fuck with them and make them drained. Like, uh, I know that I've, I've had eating problems over the course of life. Some of that comes from when I was a little kid and know where really where the next meal was coming from, or if I was going to be able to eat all that I felt like I could. And there'd be times where I would just eat too much and then be like, nah, I can't do anything else. I had a big breakfast or big lunch and that just completely wiped you out, which is 
vastly different than fasting. So how did you get into the fasting thing? Was it something that you'd done from being a little kid and from your home country, or is it something that you figured out and got into later on in life? Uh, this is something I've discovered maybe six years ago, and it was a gradual process because right now, my normal dietary feeding window is what some people in the like the fasting space would call all mad one meal per day so i only eat once every 24 hours so this is to me normal okay. i've been doing it for years and to me it's the most optimal way to to bring nutrients into your physical body now i've you know it wasn't like i started there I just started with intermittent fasting, experimenting and which what intermittent fasting is for most who are unfamiliar with fasting in generally speaking is you having a window of so many hours and it can vary like let's say 12 hours during the day where you can have food and then you have 12 hours when you don't eat anything. You can drink water, you can drink black coffee or anything without calories, right? And then you start to restrict that feeding window more and more and more until it, you know, eventually you get to one meal per day, right? You just go from, from 12 to 12 to 24. And once you're at that stage, it's much easier to extend the fasting period from one day to two days. And obviously the best thing I recommend anybody looking to experiment, obviously buy a book or, you know, find somebody who specializes in this to lead you through it. Because if your body is unused to it, they can be, you have to know what the uh, kind of like the minds are, where the minds are and what to look for and what is normal to feel in your body because if you never done it you your body will be detoxifying from all the buildup of minerals and all kinds of toxicity that you have in your body so you're gonna have some headaches and certain things like that which are perfectly normal but you have to understand like how the body responds and once you see that I mean take this if you want to the actual the official record for fasting is I think it was set in the 70s by a guy who used to be overweight. He was part of an experiment and they fed him, but they fed him like for, so the record is, I don't quote me on the days, but it was almost a year, 348 days. Damn. So during this period, the only thing he took, because when he started, he had already a lot of fat in his body, right? So he was like probably three times what his uh, optimal weight would have had to be. And they were feeding him only water, vitamins, and supplements. Because you have to have minerals in your body, right? You cannot prolong this without taking these specific finer or like fundamental nutrients because you can store a lot of energy in the body fat because that's what fat is before because let me let me put it this way just so we don't get really deep into this rabbit hole but how our bodies have evolved through evolutionary biology and just basically needs of the environment is when you because our ancestors we are fed first we're fed a wrong idea that we need to eat three meals per day. That only, the only purpose behind this is we live in a consumership society or a consumerism society driven by capital, capitalism. So for you, 
the best thing for the system is to not just eat three times, but like 33 times, or maybe 66 times, or 99. The more, the better, right? The more consumption, the better is for the system. So everybody's through all these so-called uh, authority figures or entities out there that supposedly are creating some formula that is optimal for everyone's well-being, they're promoting wrong ideas that are just basically promoting more consumption. That's in why we are fed this wrong idea. But if we are to go back and look at the original picture of how these bodies are evolved for hundreds of uh, thousands of years to be optimally used, is that if at best our ancestors, especially men ancestors, would have eaten once, and that's if they, their hunt today was successful, because it wasn't always the case, right? And usually what they would do after the hunt was successful was to, the moment they, they kill the animal, they'll drink the blood. Because actually the blood contains, uh, although it sounds kind of weird, it contains actually directly all the nutrients, minerals, all the most richest kind of dense food. Because that's what the blood does in the body. It circulates all these things. So they will drink the blood and then carry the, the prey back to, you know, wherever the cave or village or whatever it is, right? And again, being that life in natural environment, not in the city where you have a grocery store and you have a international trade where you can export tropical fruit in, let's say, in, in a northern country where it's winter now and nothing grows, right? Like the only way for the body to store this extra energy that was available in a form of food during winter, or I mean, during the summer, or whenever, you know, there were more prey, more fruit, all this kind of stuff was to turn it into fat that is stored in the body. And then it can be access to when the body needs it. It, to turn it back into energy. So it's kind of like a, a ancient day refrigeration <laughs> to think about it, right? <laughs> Extended the shelf life of thing. You just, you have more availability, you store it in fat, then in the winter, you're not gonna have a lot of access to food, then what's gonna happen, your body's gonna go to that. So this guy, to go back to where I was, what I was saying, his name was, he was an Irish guy. I forgot his name. I'm, I'm writing about him in my book. I use him an example, but he was, you know, the study that lasted, I think, again, 348 days. Throughout this period, he lost all that extra fat because the body was using this as its main energy source. And again, he was drinking water and taking minerals, but the body is designed to last very long without food. The only thing the body cannot go for a long time is oxygen. Makes sense. I mean, it's, it's right up there with everything else that you actually need to be able to live. It's so interesting to think about um, just not only fasting, but supplements, because <laughs> this might sound really stupid. And I'm sure there are people that have done this thing and probably don't want to out themselves with it. But I've tried to take just supplements and water and not eat anything. I've tried that a few times over the course of, I don't know, the past 20 years and every fucking time I've thrown up. I was even telling my partner the other day, I was like, oh man, I remember I did that one time and I, I threw up in an Amazon box in my car. And she was like, well, that's, that's kind of gross. I'm like, yeah, it was, it was pretty gross. But I, I thought, well, I could just take these supplements and that would totally be good. I'd even said to people before, if I could not eat anything and just take a pill, 
that would give me everything I need and satiate me from having to eat, I'd rather do that. I do love food and like the taste and the experience, all of that. But realistically, to be able to get what you actually need, that's the point to it. It seems like we've turned everything into how do we make it an experience? And it can be a big experience. You can have, you know, family time or friend time or business meetings and having some food and experience and, and all of that. But realistically, the point is to keep your body moving. So that's an interesting thing about somebody going almost an entire year. It was a controlled situation. I get that. So I, <laughs> for those of you who are listening to this, don't take what Martin's saying as drink the blood of a deer you just killed and only drink water and supplements all by yourself. That's not the case. There are specifics that you can get into with this. But I want to I want to jump back a little bit here for the people that are listening to the episode and not watching this on YouTube or on the website. You can hear that he sounds a little different than I do. And I've told everybody they all know I'm from Philly and I'm here from this country. But part of the reason why I wanted to have you on was because of your uh, your transition into this country and what you've been able to do and how you're helping men. So why don't you take us a little little further back? Give us a little bit of your background, uh, where you grew up, how you grew up, and what brought you over to the country, and really what led you to do what you're doing today. Well, my journey started in Bulgaria. I was born and grew up in Bulgaria, uh, which is a country on the Balkans or Southeast Europe, right above Greece. We're the north neighbor of Greece. So I grew up in Bulgaria, graduated high school, and along that time, all the pieces of the puzzle kind of magically arranged themselves to where I had this opportunity because my father won the green card lottery for some people that are familiar. The U.S., I don't know if they still have the U.S. still runs the same program, but it's called diversity, uh, a diversity program where they every year used to be at least for so many thousands of people, they will give out those like permanent residence cards or like documents so you can come and move and live and work and, you know, eventually become a citizen in America. And that happened right around the time when I was in graduating high school and I'm like a very, you know, adventurous and open-minded person. And I was like, well, I've, I've done a lot of things. I know my city, everybody's a friend, like, okay, I feel kind of like constraining here, like this, this great opportunity for to go and live and see America. So I moved to, to the U S and like, it, ever since I've been exploring different, you know, different paths, different businesses, different vocations, different this and that. But generally speaking, once I came to America and to give you some background on how different it is or the contrast of the childhood and kind of like I don't call it upbringing, but rather just experience of life I had as a child, because something that was unique to my uh grow growing up or childhood process was that I had a lot of freedom, meaning like very little adult supervision. I was left to kind of like be more to become more self-reliant and be able to, to do the things I want to do during the day because my parents, they love me and they still love me, but they were just engaged with their business. So their days were busy and we growing up like a little child, we used to have communism in my country. And when I was about four or five years old, when you're in that age, when you really start to see things and understand how things are, this communism structure fell apart because it was there for like 50 years. And now we had this 
early form of like what I call wild, wild west democracy in a like a ex-socialist country. So people are just living because there were some constraints in the communism. They're like everything else in this whole universe. There's no ideally good or bad things. There's just pros and cons to everything. Nothing is ideally good. Nothing is ideally bad. But there's just more freedom for expression, more freedom of how you want to live your life. And obviously there became more availability of Western products and stuff like that. So me and my buddies being five, six, seven years old, like in, you know, not even in first grade, we were just left to our own devices to kind of like go and engage with the world. And what we were doing is like looking at, you know, men that are, maybe 18, 20 years age or just older than us, looking at them as motto and copying what they were doing, smoking cigarettes, gambling, playing pool, uh, drinking alcohol, you name it, we've done it all. By the time I was, uh, I was uh, 19 and moving to the States for many years, I've, you know, partied and done everything that one what grow up can do in the the US for years right so to me it was no novelty it wasn't something that I was drawn to it wasn't interesting anymore so when i came to america what i was more interested in too was just pursuing all these like because you know again we i came from a world where for a long time there was just this like eastern bloc uh, mentality and limitation and access to things so I was very materially driven in my first like uh, part of like first 10 years in America from 19 to like 29 or 30s like just I'm gonna achieve this I'll achieve that so I, I was checking mark check, checking mark a lot of things on my list with, with great success however what what I discovered along this journey is none of those things really gave me any deeper satisfaction meaning fulfillment or made me feel like in the sense that like this is it kind of deal. It was always like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I caught up myself in that because I'm a very uh, reflective person. I have to sit down with myself and have reflection moments where I look at my life as it is, what the past was and so on. And like planning or devising uh, intentional way to go forward, a specific goal and so on and so on. And, and and one of those times, I just realized that I was just kind of, although I was achieving different things and climbing up the social ladder or whatever you want to call it, right? It was the same thing. And no matter what goal I achieved, I would have feel, felt the same way and end up in the same place in my, within myself. Like I wouldn't, like it wouldn't bring me any more joy or anything like that. So I was like, well... I started to ask myself different questions, right? I was like, what else is there? What else can I actually tap into and start looking into and explore as a means for me to feel fulfill fulfillment and find some greater sense of contentment and satisfaction in this life, right? Because I have all these things, but at the end of the day, they excite me for a moment until I get my hands on them or whatever. And then like, it's like, okay, I, Forget it. I am, I'm already over it, right? So hence how I started doing the work that I do today. I just started to experiment, explore different paths, modalities, philosophies, because I've always been a very philosophical person by birth. So it was, you know, just 
reading and consuming a lot of different content just and experimenting, putting it into practice. And I think that's uh, one of the main points I want to leave everybody with is whatever you learn that you resonate with, go directly put it into practice, validate it, whether it delivers results for you or not, right? Prove it or disprove it. Point being like acquiring information and not putting it into practice is what I like to call intellectual masturbation and I'm sure you're not a jerk off so please you know <laughs> put into practice what you learn right away right because that's when the rubber hits the road is when you can expect to see results knowing about something and not doing it is the same as not knowing it altogether it's not gonna expand your being in any way right so that's kind of like to give you the, the short short version of my story well, I, I want to start at what you had just said, because first off, that's funny as hell um, and totally appropriate where there are lots of people like um, I think of a lot of a lot of times when I see people that are just talking a talk and not actually playing the actual game they need to be playing or learning and going through things or just kind of regurgitating what they've read. Now, I've, I know that I've done that shit before. There have been times where I've I've said things that I thought were what I thought I should be saying and they were just because I read something or because somebody told me and I didn't actually go ahead and do the additional research or try to figure things out. But I know that I've also done the, you take the in, information in and then just spit it right back out and think that you've gotten it. And maybe you've intellectualized it, but you haven't actually somatically gotten into your cells and feel it. And that's a good point of being able to talk about, do something with it and being able to do something with it. You sound like the type that if you get excited about something, you have kind of a gray area where you could get really, really excited and go down that path or where you can get really bored with it pretty quickly and be able to go, nope, fuck this, and you shift. So how do you balance that? And how do you play the angle of, all right, well, I want to give it enough time to be able to figure out if this is the right thing for me to do and then be able to put it into use or being able to figure out pretty quickly that this isn't the right thing and, and making that pivot? Well, the, I, that's a really good question. I'm sure, thank you for bringing it up. And I think the, the main way to realize is what do you resonate with, right? Because there's gonna be a lot of ideas. Nowadays, we live in this world of like, just overload of information, right? You go to anywhere you go, you'll find information, books of, full of information and all kinds of courses and so on and so on. It's really what you resonate with at that moment because I don't know where you're at in your life, in your journey, what's your main priority, what's the main challenge, but whatever you resonate with, experiment because I'm highly intuitive. So I'm drawn to specific type of things and I know they're valid without even trying them. I just know because intuition is something we can talk about all day for me to give you more, you know, context and explanation how it works and why it really works and what it is. But point being for me, the approach is intuitive, but I know that most men or most people here in the Western world, because they're stuck in their rational, logical thinking, they have no access to intuition. Or if, it, if they do, it's on a sporadic kind of like chance kind of like occurrence. It's not something that they're within, it's not something that's within their control. It's not something that they're constantly tapping into. It's something that shows up sporadically from time to time. So that's my approach, but whatever you resonate with, just put it into practice right away and see if it's worthwhile because certain, certain practices will take 
some time until you actually start to see the big benefits. It's, you have to chip at it for a while. So hence why you have to resonate and feel it within you. Does it really like resonate with me? Like, or it sounds kind of like, eh, you know, this person, I like the person who's still talking about it, but mm, maybe it doesn't sit well with me or it doesn't resonate with me. That, that's my process, right? And everything I share or I recommend to my clients or people I work with or friends or anybody that's you know, just curious and ask me like how should I go this is something that I've tested tested over time and I know it delivers results for everybody the techniques and methods and practices I teach are universally effective they are not subjective they are very objective and you can put them into practice in a scientific method right you always you know follow certain steps you're gonna get certain results it's like a recipe so with a lot of the things that men go through and uh, a lot of the situations that we put ourselves in and uh, the different things that come to us, there are a lot of men that can think, well, I just need to logically think through this. And that still small voice, that intuition uh, can be a, a far distant thing for men and women, but men specifically with what we're talking about, to really be able to grasp the fact that it's a real thing. And that it's something they can actually tap into because there are a lot of men that are like, look, I don't hear anything. I just think about these things and I do these things almost like very grunt like, like me pick up rock and me throw damn rock. Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, but being able to cultivate that can take time. Um, that's even something I've been working on over the course of my life. And I'm very, very intact with what I feel inside of me and I can dive deep into that, but it can be easy for the monkey brain to be able to just throw a lot of craziness around and it'd be difficult for you to be able to hear the intuition, to be able to feel that. So when you're talking to men and being able to help them understand that they can actually build that, it's like a muscle, you have to train the thing. How do you help them on their own be able to turn the volume up so that they can hear that louder? Well, the, the fundamental way to go about it or the easiest is to create a, an environment conducive to that that promotes or creates space for the voice to come. So helping them to intentionally create an environment for a day or two or sometimes even a week to disconnect from their normal day-to-day -day life because the places we spend time at on a regular basis have like a, almost like a specific effect on our psychology and drive specific patterns of thought and so on and trigger specific emotional emotions and just perception and so on. So creating an environment that is or promotes stillness, silence and seclusion. So one would be to spend time with yourself, right? Because you cannot be in a noisy environment or environment that stimulate your senses or brings in a lot of external information and, and expect to hear this small still voice inside so you need to be in an environment that is conducive to that that would be the the best thing to do to start to be in an environment because even before i was had this much deeper comprehension and understanding about intuition and how to work out my intuition muscle and really tap into it and so on i was doing it unconsciously i would go in parks or specific environments that I really like that are very natural and peaceful and just spend time with myself there and 
quietness. I wouldn't listen to music or look at something, just spend time with myself, with my thoughts. Because there is this beautiful quote that I really love. I forgot the name of the author, but it's a British uh, poet from the 1800s. And the quote is, Knowledge dwells in heads replete with thoughts of other men. Wisdom in minds attentive to their own. So you have to be able to really sit down and be attentive to your thoughts. And not generate new thoughts, but learn to have the awareness at all times of what thoughts are running through your head. Because just this is, is an amazing habit and skill to develop. To be conscious of the thoughts running in your head. Because here is how you distinct. Because it's very important also to understand what, how to make the distinction between intuition or the small still voice and the thoughts running through your head. One thing you would notice if you develop this practice against quiet, still, empty environment or environment that is natural, so it's not bringing too much noise in, into your being and too much information, is you sit with your thoughts, you're going to learn what are the normal habitual thought patterns that you have. So these habitual patterns, they're always the same. They pretty much repeat all the time. It's like, it's always the same thing. However, if you're paying attention, intuition is those thoughts that come that are not your thoughts. You know, because they have nothing to do. You're not thinking about them. You never thought about it this way, but it just all of a sudden comes. That's how you create the distinction between it's not, because it's not your own thought process. It comes from somewhere else. And I think that's an important to have this distinction to recognize when the intuition is speaking versus, you know, what's already been there for who knows how long sure yeah it that in and of itself is a difficult thing for a lot of people to be able to grasp it's something that i think everybody wants they want that little bit of time for themselves <clears throat> but sometimes that time for themselves is them just pouring themselves into something else that's feeding them information like a lot of people's downtime is social media they're just thumbing through instagram or facebook or tiktok or whatever and they're just collecting all this information instead of just sitting there and being still. I know that I have a problem with it at times. I'm no longer on social media, especially like how I was years ago, but being able to actually set yourself up for success to be able to have a little bit of time where it's just quiet. You're, you nailed it on the head that you can hear the things that are like the monkey brain just throwing shit around and there's just a lot of stuff that's happening. But then you can also hear and feel the intuition come up with things. There's a, a body and a mind piece that goes along together with that. That's not just all these random thoughts that are happening. It's you being able to actually tie the stuff together. But I appreciate you pointing out that it, it's about being able to actually slow down. Um, it, it's funny to me because I find it interesting how some people will try to do that like at a coffee shop. Like they'll go into a space where they're like, oh, well, I'm just going to step away for a bit and just go be here. Or I'll go work here and I'll spend time doing that. It's like you're just sitting right in the middle of potentially chaos or anything else that's going on. So what, um, what sort of quick advice would you give somebody that's like, yeah, I hear you, I get it, but I've got a career, I've got kids, I've got a wife, or I've got this, or I've got that, and like all these things, and it's just a bunch of bullshit, and I get it, it's excuses, and the people that actually want to do it will find the time, but 
what sort of advice do you give that person that's like, yeah, but all of these different things, how would you advise them to be able to take that little bit of time to be able to listen? Well, the, the, the advice I would give them is to really sit down for a moment and reflect on what are these activities that I, I know for certainty that everybody has during the day that are a waste of time. They're basically what, generally speaking, are defined as distractions, like being on social media. What are you going to miss? Tomorrow is going to be the same thing. Next day is going to be the same thing. Most people are just, you know, showing you the side of their life you want you to see and kind of validate them on. What, what are you missing if not being on? If, if you just to collect all these five or ten minutes you randomly take through the day each day, right? And save them to have an hour just to sit down in an environment that, again, is conducive to listening and being aware of your own thoughts and what's going on. You already make a big step. And I'm sure that there are other activities you do through the day to distract yourself that are not highly productive or are not adding value to your life. They're just ways for you to distract yourself. So you have to be honest with yourself, right? First, to have this humbleness to say, yeah, I'm wasting my time in those activities just to distract myself because I don't want to really face my problems. I don't want to sit with the discomfort to really address these issues. So I'm choosing this to distract myself and not look into the real issue here because that's what's the driving causality behind it. But again, everybody has time. It comes down to what's a priority in your life. If you want to move forward in your business or in your relationship, and what I mean move forward, make like a giant leap forward, it's not going to happen through logical rationality and being stuck in your brain. You'll have to have some inspirational ideas from somewhere else. The greatest discoveries ever made in the world, all scientists and great men of thinking and so on will tell you that was intuition. They were not their thoughts. Even... Einstein, who was a very rational, logical man, set up that intuition is what brought him all these ideas. It wasn't him sitting down and just thinking about, you know, <laughs> the nature of the universe. Although I'm sure he put thought to it, it didn't, it didn't like uh, precipitate in that way, right? It wasn't process of in his own thinking or Nikola Tesla, who was a great inventor, or you name it. Even uh, in recent times, Steve Jobs, the Apple founder, he, he talked about intuition all the time. So it just, it's a highly valuable process. You, you well, uh, it's going to, let me put it this way. It's going to be wor well worth your investment and time. Plus you, again, you'll take away time that is unproductive and it's just wasting in distraction and investing into something that's going to put you on the right spot at the right time. Because I'm going to use this uh, analogy or give you this example, the only man-made object that has already or is on, like, don't quote me because I don't follow exactly its location, but it's on path to leave the solar system is the Voyager. And that was sent out the satellite that was taking photos and so on from different planets was sent out, I think, in the early 70s. And in order to get so far, it had to align itself with multiple planets, gather speed and eventually kind of like from a step to step perspective to i mean from this gradual process to build up speed so where it can with the tiniest amount of energy it can propel itself to leave the solar system so it's uh, it's not necessarily that when your intuition guides you into something it's gonna be the be all save all kind of like 
instant <laughs> solution, but it's going to put you in the right place in the right time that your rational brain can never connect the dots because it thinks in a linear perspective. And I'm sure you've noticed if you go on Google Maps and look at the greater kind of picture of planet Earth or Google Earth, actually, which gives you a better like uh, satellite uh, view, you'll see that there are no straight lines in nature. So if you think that your life's going to develop in a straight line, uh, I have news for you. You're going to end up in the wall somewhere or like in a car crash or something like that. Just that's not how anything in nature runs. Right. So that's really what the power of intuition is. Positioning at the right time in the right place and just being open to welcome and embrace whatever the current challenge what seems like a challenge might be that will once you resolve will put you in the right place that you need to be because this uh this is another <laughs> rabbit hole that we can go into because all these subjects i touch upon they deserve like a whole hour or two of just going deeper and you know providing more context and insights but we could dive into all of that. I think one of the biggest things about, especially the topics that we get into on this podcast, is to be able to start the conversation for people or to be able to continue the conversation that they're already having, but then also to be able to have concrete things that we can look at and go, that makes a lot of sense. I can use that. I can move forward. I can do my own research and kind of build upon it. And then of course we can un unpack some certain specific things. But I think the big thing you pointed out, and I'm glad that you pointed out, Jobs and Einstein was that they didn't just magically, or not even magically, humanly just come up with these ideas. It was intuition that led them to do it, but then they were able to tie the humanity to it and say, okay, well, I've got this now. What do I do with it? How do I bring this thing to life? Uh, the thing, even as you were saying it specifically about Jobs, Jobs created the iPhone before he created the iPad and then figured out how do we turn that into something that people would want to buy right now because it was too far ahead of its time. And then being able to figure out what position do we need to put this and what needs to come first. But it's not like he came up with those ideas just as a human and thought, oh, well, this is what the world needs right now. It was intuition that guided him to be able to do that, but then he needed to do something about it. So along those lines, what sort of advice would you give to somebody that's trying to figure out I'm going to listen to my intuition. I'm going to take that time to be able to spend time with myself, to be able to hear it and then do something with it. But what advice would you give them as they walk on that path towards self-mastery? Well, uh, well, on the path of self-mastery, there are a lot of elements to that. But if, if it comes down to this, it's just building the courage to just jump into it or leap forward into what intuition is leading you. Because the more you do, the more you will find evidence and confirmation that the what is telling you to do is the right thing to do and the more you're going to trust and the more you will see the value of creating a conducive space for the voice to start coming up all the time or more often because if it's an invited guest in your house obviously like any invited guest would like to stay right if it's unwelcome guest <laughs> you know, you know what, what unwelcome guests do, they leave and don't come back or if they do, it's very rare. So you have to just take a leap of fate on it. And I, I don't know what your background in religion is or of anybody listening, but fate is a big part of this whole process, right? So having the fate to trust 
because you know it's your inner what intuition really is to like define it in the most simple words is your inner guidance or your inner teacher your inner compass something that's beyond the rationality it's much greater than the rationality it's actually tapping to the whole universal consciousness and kind of like all this intelligence that has created this organized com complex and diverse universe that we exist in so it's tapping into this database of infinite intelligence. That's where it's coming from. It's not coming from your brain, from your cells and stuff. It just is coming from a much greater perspective. And that's a whole different topic of discussion. But to kind of give you an idea where it's coming from and why it's worthwhile taking a chance on it, so to speak. Right. I agree. And I, I think faith is a giant part of all of it. Uh, I'm, I'm not religious, but I follow what I feel is right. And I know that faith is a major part of any religion. So to not get into depth with things specifically about that, the faith is a huge piece that I think all of us need to have, even if it's just faith in the, in the fact that life will continue to go on. Things can get better. There are ups and downs, there are ebbs and flows and all of that. But to have some sort of faith will allow you to keep moving on. I, I know people call your intuition... Um, just the intuition, or some will call it uh, the Holy Spirit, some will call it different things. I think it's all the same thing. And like you're saying, it taps directly into the divine resource that's there for us to be able to use. Just we have to be able to slow down to be able to listen to it. And we have to then be able to do something once we listen to it, and we can understand it. And it takes all of what we're talking about. And Martin, I appreciate you being on the show today. I appreciate your time and everything that we've talked about. Um, there are a lot of different ways that we could go with this. Elvis, we could turn this into like a five-part series if we really wanted to. There's a lot. And maybe we'll have you back on the show at some point. But man, before we let you go, where can people find you and where can they connect with you? Uh, the best place to start is my website, which is martinchristov.com, M-A-R-T-I-N-H-R-I-S-T-O-V.com. And you can explore what my work is all about. I have an upcoming book and you can find more info about it and pre-order it if it's, you, you feel compelled to do so because it's one of the best things you can probably do for the, for the foreseeable future of your life. I highly recommend it. The book will be something that's never been out there that men very much need in this age of time. The, the, the book title is Superb, Men's Ultimate Guide to Holistic Self and Life Mastery. So it's going to give you everything you need to really create a masterful, not just life, but self-experience and a live a life, an extraordinary life. And give you answers to all the questions that you have like about the purpose, meaning and what this game of life is all about. And I know nowadays there's, there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of, a lot of lack of, let's put it this way, great examples to follow. People that lead by example, that are leaders who serve versus leaders who try to impose ideas on others or uh, just validate and feed their own ego and insecurities and so on. And my, my work and my inspiration is to empower you, inspire you, and, and give you all the tools you need to realize this infinite potential within you and turn it into gifts that you can share with the world because God bless you with specific gifts, but he blessed you so you can bless others. And that's really what you hear 
part of what your journey through life is really is, and it's gonna put you in a in in the path and a type of life that's gonna bring you great abundance and great enjoyment and fulfillment and bring you great meaning, like you give you meaning and again contentment that's beyond what the normal day-to-day -day trivialities can ever bring you or like let you experience. So I highly recommend checking out my website, familiarizing my, uh, yourself with my work and uh, taking a chance on my book because it will be worthwhile. That's awesome, man. I'm excited for your book to come out. I'm excited to check it out when it comes out. And I'll have that information in the show notes too. So again, Martin, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Nick. It was a great honor. And thank you, everybody, for making the wise choice to join us today and listen to our conversation. Unceasing blessings to you. Thank you.